welcome aboard. Welcome aboard to Full Impact Mindfulness and Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we don't drag you anywhere, but we hope to guide you. We hope to make you thirsty enough to drink what we're offering. And today we're going to take ourselves down a few more wormholes. And although you're listening to the Fishing Without Bait program, we're going to take a little venture into the Magical Girl Cafe that's operated by our new friend, Miss Sheena Carroll, also known as Miss Macross. So she's uh, going to talk about her journey from a part-time Magical Girl to a full-time writer. Uh, Miss Carroll is a Pittsburgh-based freelance artist, a performing poet, tutor, artist, witch, and painter. And she's, I wanted to talk to her a little about her influences, influences by spacecraft, witchcraft, personal experiences with trauma. Sounds like a pretty interesting person, which we most certainly enjoy. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself, Sheena? That was, that was pretty detailed. <laughs> But yeah, um, I I am a writer. Um, I mainly write poetry and short stories and such. Um, basically, I really like keeping busy. Um, so yeah, when I started uh, the blog Magical Girl Cafe, it was right after I graduated um, from my master's program in English last year. And my main goal, like, was starting that blog, was like working on becoming a freelance writer. And in the past year, like, things have taken like wild directions and. I worked as a tutor and I've been published and now I'm in AmeriCorps and still doing tutoring and lots of other things. So it's a journey. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this evolution of yours. Tell us a little bit about the participation that you've put into your life. I knew like from a really young age that like I really liked writing and I really wanted to be a writer. And I started writing stories when I was like five, six years old. And for the longest, longest time, like I was just like, there's no, no way that I can make a career out of this or a living out of this. So like I tried to be like writing something I enjoy and focused on other things. I ended up uh, going to Slippery Rock. I changed my major seven times and eventually like finished after five years with two degrees and one in communication, one in technical writing because I was still like creative writing's not gonna not gonna get me a job. And then I graduated and nothing got me a job. So I probably would have been just fine getting the writing major or the writing degree anyways. So like, it was kind of like after like a couple years after graduation, I was just like, it's, it's worth it to just like, kind of just start pursuing writing. And that's what I did. Wonderful. So you have skills. And what we often do here is we encourage people to explore and inventory their gifts, talents, and abilities. Now, you were listening to some type of inner critic, some type of voice that was telling you, you can't do this. How do you overcome something like that? It's hard. It's it's really difficult um, because you can you can tell yourself like like follow your dreams and then well, like the first like roadblock you hit could be just absolutely devastating and is just really just kind of moving past that. I was really lucky that I did get some like small victories like early on that like really kept me motivated to keep going and I'm still I'm still getting that like today like I got. One acceptance into a journal, and I got one rejection into a journal. But because I got that acceptance, I'm felt good. So, like, just keep going. So, what we try to help people do is to maximize their successes and minimize what some people uh, view as defeat. So, you've talked of you talk about some of the disappointments in your life, some of that descent into depression, that mega depression year. Yeah. Um, well, twenty. 2017 ended up being like pretty pretty rough for a lot of reasons but one of them was like just like working like really hard and struggling with like being like 
unemployed and underemployed um, and things like that. And actually, well, like one of the things that really helped me was I read this, um, and I'm not like much for like self, self-help self books, but I read this book called Unworthy by Anneli Rufus. And it was kind of going into like how we dwell so much on our failures like significantly more than we do on our successes. And that that really, if you just equate them like as evenly as possible or focus more on your victories, it's it's much healthier for you. And that takes some action and effort. Yes. Not? That actually takes something to focus. So it sounds like you found that way. And we have uh, our friend Thomas Edison. We don't know him uh, personally, of course. We're not that old. Uh, however, uh, there was a journalist back then. They were always trying to get quotes, even even back then, to put in the newspaper to really irritate someone. And this uh, journalist came up to Thomas Edison and said, Mr. Edison, how does it feel to have failed over a thousand times? Referring to the combinations that he was trying to create to make a glowing light bulb. And here's what Edison told him. He said, I've never failed. I found a thousand things that didn't work. So perhaps in your life, Miss Sheena, you're finding some things that don't work. Yeah, that's right. Though I hope to be a better person than Edison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Tesla kind of girl. <laughs> okay. The first uh, writing that I've read of yours was uh, that says, sometimes disassociation feels like cracking wrists. Uh, perhaps you could read that to us and uh, maybe explain that a little bit. There were some lines in there that I found particularly telling. Uh, sure. Um, it's a really short poem. It just got published in this uh, little journal called The Mantle this past month. Um, sometimes dissociation feels like cracked wrists. Snaps cracked wrists. My skeleton does not fit in my body. It rubs and crunches and disintegrates. And I think, well, that's great. And I think, well, that's great. Blink, blink. At least my muscles respond, but my brain is cast in double vision. My mouth, my voice, like my bones have gone rogue. A larynx, a larynx without a home tells stories against my will and swallows whole green hills. I lie. I lie on concrete, cracking my joints, just hoping one day they'll pop into place. I have walking, waking dreams, vivid ones where I unzip the invisible fly down my spine and step out like a skeletal selkie or maybe a shining ivory siren. So you're talking about walk, waking, vivid dreams. Could you say a little bit about more about that? Like the feeling of like dissociation or like depersonalization is very like distressing because it does you you are fully like cognizant that you are walking around in the real world but your brain is just like kind of seeing it from from a distance and it's more more of like a nightmare than a dream it's just very slow kind of like kind of like how i envision like dreams are just very like slow and like slow motion and gorgeous but slow motion and gorgeous yeah but depersonalization is not gorgeous at all well, we kind of take the uh, view that our brains are our brains are masses of organic goo, okay, and they're repositories for data. They take it in from our senses. Our mind is the thing that processes it, shapes it, short sorts it, colors it, grades it according to importance. However, sometimes our mind simply because. Uh, the thoughts are the intensity, frequency, and duration, the loudness, the repetitiveness of the thoughts. Our minds give those great importance. Okay? So keep in mind that it's our dysregulated thinker inside us that caused the problem. And what we try to do is connect people with what we like to term as their authentic self. We like to connect them with 
with themselves. So they become the observer behind this dysregulated thinker. And we often talk about giving people the power of choice. The power words are I am and I choose. You can choose which one of these thoughts. How much drama do you want to participate in? If you're dealing with like things like self-loathing or you're feeling like outside of yourself, like who who is your authentic self? Like how do you get back to that? And it's really hard to kind of like unlearn behaviors and relearn yourself and ah, are you going to like it? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So what that requires is action and effort. We talk about these things frequently as I ask, you know, why do you name pets? Why do you have a pet? Do you ever have a pet? No. Ever? <laughs> I always wanted one. I never lived in a place that allowed it. Okay. When you were little, did you ever have a dog? Did you ever have a no. pet? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we're going to have to make that happen for you. So when somebody owns a somebody owns a dog, can you give me a reason that people name their pets? Because it's their pet. It's their pet. <laughs> Let's say somebody would have named their dog Betsy. Okay. And they love they love Betsy. But if they would have never given Betsy a name and she ran outside, how would they call her back? It's valid. <laughs> so sometimes our thoughts and feelings are like that too, Sheena. If we're not able to stand back and become the observer behind the thinker and label and describe these thoughts and feelings, they get away from us too. And then we can get distressful, anxious, worried, fearful. It's the dysregulated thinker inside you that says all those terrible things. Some of the things that you've said to yourself over in your past, Gina, would you say them to a friend? Absolutely not. <laughs> and the reason for that would be? Because they're unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> yes. So you have to help me understand how your thoughts and your feelings aren't just as precious and special as anyone else's. That's that's hard. You're... I think by like default, people are harder on themselves than they are on others. Indeed, indeed. So that came from somewhere when we try to compare ourselves. And we often use this similarly. Do flowers in a garden compare themselves to other flowers, Sheena? No, they do not. What do they do? They just grow. They bloom, right? <laughs> so what we these are challenge podcasts. And what we often do is we challenge people to become their own gardener. So, Sheena, what are what are some things that uh, are necessary to have a healthy plant make it bloom? Self care is really important. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that like I've really really been practicing a lot more um, this past year. Like giving myself some more time um, just to hang out, but also give myself make sure that like the time that I'm spending with myself isn't like self destructive behaviors. It's more of like instead of like. Uh, coming home after work and like getting drunk and going on YouTube, it's more of a like, you know, like drinking tea and writing and just like relaxing. So you're talking about being nice to yourself. Right. Okay. So this dysregulated thinker, this inner critic that inside you, and from what I've read of your writing, you have quite a, you have a choir inside you, quite a committee <laughs> in there that likes to talk. So just like countries that are at war, they don't, they don't stay at, angry at each other forever, do they? So have you ever thought about talking to yourself like a friend, Miss Sheena? Um, I, I do sometimes because like I deal with like a lot of anxiety sometimes and I've really found that the best way to deal with it, especially like recently, is to just kind of like mm. talk, like not tell myself to calm down, but just kind of be like, no, you're fine. Like 
you're you're doing well. So when you talk to yourself, and I, uh, you have you're so well spoken, and you have quite a way with words. So when you say I talk to myself, what we consider here is the myself to be this dysregulated mind, and the I is your authentic self, and it's you to be able to speak to yourself. That's a beautiful thing, and that's again like we spoke before the podcast, I, I like to challenge you because I think you have a powerful message to carry to others. Thank you. I, I really believe that. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.